0: Welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I'm your host, Nathan, and I will talk about a movie I haven't seen at all, but... Wait a minute. Isn't that the whole point of this podcast? You've seen horror movies that you have never seen? Though you ironically work at a place with the name horror in it? Yes, that is true, but this one, everyone at some point, have seen it in their time. Some even watch this movie... While on a tube in the pool. I wanted that to be the first time I watched of this particular movie. That I'm about to talk about. But the pandemic hit and I thought it's the 4th of July weekend coming up. What a perfect time to talk about this movie. Just when you think it's safe to go back in the water. And heads up spoilers in this movie. But not a lot because you need to watch this movie. However, here are some lines. Smile, you son of a... Beep! You're gonna need a bigger boat. And a personal favorite. It's a shark, but not the shark. Yes, I'm talking about Jaws, released in a movie theater June 20th, 1975. A personal... I want to start with a personal story. My dad watched this movie by himself, and he was trembling throughout the whole entire movie in the movie theater. It's kind of surprising and not surprising at the same time that this was the movie that jump-started the summer blockbuster, especially marketing-wise, and released in about over 409 movie theaters. But it's surprising because when you think of summer blockbuster, you think of fast-paced and action-packed adventure. But when you watch this movie, it is slow, steady, and suspenseful. The movie that I'm reviewing is obvious based on the 1974 Peter Benchley book, Jaws. I want to say one more interesting story that involves with Jaws and we'll get to the review. There was an interesting fact I remember from attending an arts and entertainment dinner. There was an interesting story of how someone got a job with Universal Studios. So I'm just going to say person A and person B because if I say person this and people that, then, then it could get confusing storytelling wise. One of the people misplaced, I think it was either character art or storyboards, and this person found it. He noticed... The person A that left it and sat down at a table and was telling them I, f- I found this and it looked important. And the person A was relieved and said, "You saved my butt." The person B that found that later on found out it was character or storyboards for the movie Jaws. Person A asked person B, "Do you have a job?" Person B responded, "No." Person A said, "How would you like to work for Universal Studios?" Universal. Of course, the person Person B said yes, and still so I do believe still works to uh, works at Universal Studios to this day. Ever since, I thought that was an interesting story. It it goes to show there are. There can actually be other ways besides the usual cover letter and a resume in order to get a job. I thought that was an interesting story. I have great respect for the camera people that filmed in the water and animatronics for this movie. However, these days, the shark looks more of a puppy-eyed shark he fish these days instead of the shark of suspense as it was back in 1975 and the book was released in 1974 and was made into a movie one year later that's quite a turnaround to be honest let's get to the grave plot police chief martin brody played by roy schneider Matt Hooper, the oceanographer, played by Richard Dreyfuss, and Quint, the sea captain, played by Robert Shaw. In the summer town of Amity, Amity Island, there's a missing woman named Chrissy, and was killed. They've found her dead body on the beach. The mayor, Larry Vaughn, puts it as a boating accident to get a second opinion from by the ocean, ocean, oceanographer, Mr. Hooper. He finds out it was a shark. The townspeople go after the shark. They think they got the shark. But it turns out to be a tiger, tiger shark. For Police Chief Brody, it was now personal. The shark attacks his kid, which he was nervous he was going to end up in a similar fate to a kid, Richard Kentle, being eaten by the shark previously. Brody Hooper and Captain Quint are on the orca looking for the great white shark. And they find a clever way to follow the shark. The great white shark destroys the Orca. Brody tosses a tank of oxygen in the shark's mouth. Brody staying on top of the mast and shoots at the charging shark and it blows up. And the weirdest way to end this movie is just Brody and Hooper. On the barrels and swimming. To be honest, I didn't see that coming. I, I thought the Coast Guard would come by to rescue them, to be honest. This movie is what you would call a guy's movie, talking about personal stories, making jokes, fishing, and of course, the attempt of destroying a man-eating monster. This was a great movie for Steven Spielberg to be recognized as an upcoming director at the time. Please let me know how would you handle the choice of either shutting down the beaches and keep people in your town and even tourists safe, but economically go under, or be physically well for your businesses, but you will have blood on your hands. That's a difficult decision of circumstances, especially if you are a summer town, And it's the 4th of July weekend. It it kind of reminds me, in a way, of the handling of the pandemic that we've had. In a way, and instead of a shark, it's a virus. But that's as far I'm going to discuss about that. Of course, John Williams' score in this movie is well-known. The cinematography is great, especially the scene where Brody realizes they they, they need people to get out of the water. Uh, This camera shot, it looked to me a faraway shot, and they move it to an extreme close-up. But the background is moving back, it's a well-done camera shot, it's apparently called a dolly vertical zoom. By the way, it was a smart move to not reveal the appearance of the shark till later on in the movie, because it felt great anticipation, suspense, and mystery and curiosity of the, of the audience of what is, what is this creature and what will they look like throughout the movie. Show what the creature looks, uh, early in the movie. I don't think this movie would be as memorable as it is. What can I say? I really enjoyed this movie. Looking forward to watching it once more. I'm just mad at myself. It took me 29 years to watch this movie. And by the way, do you have any idea how bizarre I saw an attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood and I had no idea what all the placement of the attraction of said movie was about? It was awkward. Not knowing the meaning of the shark hanging upside down? The billboard for Amity Island? To be honest, it's kind of a relief that now I understand what it all meant. Overall, I give this movie 5 out of 5 shark teeth. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I really do appreciate of this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. As we close the lid on... Of this coffin on this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I really do appreciate all of you, Industry Horror Hears and Cast Listeners out there. And next episode for the Industry Horror Coffin Cast, we'll give you an, a little bit more of an update of the next episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. We might even have an interview pretty soon. And hopefully we'll get to discuss with this person who would they want to fight out of all the uh, monster movie monsters, who would they want to fight in a cage? That would would be an interesting discussion. Alright, thank you all for listening as I'm Nathan Sane. I review horror movies from horrifying to the zany. The date and time is set on the ultimate stage that it needed to be in the cage for the fans to engage. Check your local listings and time zones for CBS Sports, Paramount Plus, and Univision. The fight is on July 2nd at 9pm. The fireworks have come early. Check out this fight. Don't feel that you got kicked in the stomach. So please check out Combate Global Fight between... Jose Froggy Estrada and Leonardo Chimmy Morales. Also, you might find some industry horror screen printing clothing on one of the fighters. Hint on Jose Froggy Estrada. This episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast is brought to you by Industry Horror. Industry Horror is a 501c free nonprofit that helps out and employ autistic, autistic adults and people with special needs in the trades of silk screen printing, making buttons, making stickers, folding clothes, washing screens, scraping ink off of screens. Unboxing, boxing, and many more trades at the warehouse. Also, cashiering, organizing, inventory, and even making designs for both from both employees of the warehouse and at the industry horror store as well. No matter how large or how small your business, we'll be happy to help you with your silk screen printing needs. If you are interested, please contact IndustryHorror.com or IndustryHorror at gmail.com. You can also shop online at IndustryHorror.com or you can stop on by the store off of 518 East Main Street in downtown Ventura. Industry Horror, screen printing with a conscious. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. I really do appreciate all, all the industry horror hearers and casual listeners out there. I really do appreciate it. You all have a great rest of your day.